Hey everyone and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Murrow. So honored and blessed you took out the time to join us again today. Whether you're on Apple's podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, wherever you find yourself listening today. So glad you clicked play on another episode of the Greater Than Podcast. You, you know the purpose of this podcast, First John 4, 4. You have God, little children, and have already overcome them. For greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. What we want to do here is we want to take what's going on in our world and approach it from a biblical perspective to find that greater greater is he on the inside of us than he is in the world today. Oh my goodness. We're talking about asking the question, as you can tell from the title, should Christians drink alcohol? Should Christians drink alcohol? Now, Ephesians 5, 17 and 18, let's pray and we're going to dig around on it. Father God, thank you so much for your word for this time. Thank you for every person who decided to join in on the podcast. We say that our ears are anointed to hear, our eyes are anointed to see, our hearts are anointed to understand. Father, speak through me. I can say nothing that would mean a hill of beans without your spirit, Father. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to see things from your word, not tradition, not looking through the filter of how we were raised, not looking through the filter of what they said in church, but what does your word say about this topic? We give you praise for showing us and revealing it to us by your spirit in in Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, let's get in here. Ephesians 5, 17 and 18, let's go. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And a lot of people don't understand what the will of the Lord is about this topic. He says, and don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. The pastor translation says, don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Uh-oh. But be filled, instead be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I love God. God, what he does is, it's so amazing. He's not telling you don't get drunk with wine and then it's like, okay, just don't drink it drunk with wine. But he also says, no, the real thing that you want to experience that maybe you don't realize it or not is being filled with my spirit. The Bible talks about in the book of Acts, how they were filled with God's spirit, spoken out of tongues, they declared the wonderful works of God. Everybody thought that they were drunk. Peter gets out and says, these guys are not drunk. Watch it now, as you suppose. So apparently they were drunk on the Holy Ghost, or let's say it like this, they were filled with God's spirit. You know, it talks about in the King James, don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess. When it says wherein, not in the wine itself. See, some people use that verse to say, look at there, you shouldn't drink wine. That's not what the Apostle Paul said. The Apostle Paul here said, don't get drunk with wine, wherein is excess. In being drunk with wine is excess. When it's used right, uh, wine is a blessing. We're going to see that later on. Oh, somebody somebody just gasped right then. <gasps> yes, wine is a blessing. And I can hear the other people on the other side who likes to drink a little wine. They're like, you know that's right a lot to tell them, man. <laughs> We're going to dig into it. We're going to see what the Bible says about these things. But not in the wine itself. That's not where the excess is. It's being drunk. In that is excess. That word excess, of course, means debauchery. It means riot. Here's something that maybe you haven't noticed before. It means riotous. The same word that's used to talk about the prodigal son who spent all that he had on riotous living. And it means to do that, which is unsafe. We understand that, obviously. I don't have to go into detail about that, right? This is what happens when you're drunk with wine. Another thing is you you totally lose control. You're not home anymore. Somebody else is running the show. This is why people do things that are out of character. I never thought about this till recently, but the Holy Spirit, when being filled with God's Spirit and the anointing, the anointing changes you into another man, correct? And I, I was talking to my mom also, to uh, not today, but a few days ago, about her grandfather and how when he would drink wine, how he 
would turn and, and he would become another person and he would be mean and he would just be totally out of character. So what am I saying? I'm saying that the Holy Spirit or the anointing can turn you into another man in a positive way, but wine will turn you into another person in the negative way. You see what I'm saying there? So let's dig in here. Let's see what the father has to say about these things. Point number one, God gave wine. Uh Uh-oh, some of these people who are real religious got upset with me right there. God gave wine, ladies and gentlemen. Psalms 104, 14 through 15. I'm not going to tell you anything I can't show you in the word. It says he causes the grass, talking about God, he causes the grass to grow for the cattle, vegetation for the service of man, that he may bring forth fruit from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man to make his face shine and bread which strengthens man's hearts. Positive for effect. Here's what we need to know. Some doctors, Amy, you know what? <laughs> you know, it says wine that makes glad the heart of man. I can hear you. I can hear some of some of y'all again here. Man, you know that's right, Elijah. That wine be making my heart real glad. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the Fresh Prince. Now, <laughs> we see here that wine makes glad the heart of man, and oil makes his face shine, and it talks about bread that strengthens man's heart. Now, some doctors support drinking small amounts of red wine for his health benefits, especially, watch this, for the heart. Hence, wine that makes glad the heart of man. There are health benefits with this. In New Testament times, the water was often filled with bacteria, viruses, and all kinds of contaminants. And as a result, people would drink wine because it was less contaminated. Uh, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, and 23, he says, do not lay hands hastily on anyone. New King James, we're still in that. I'll let you know when we switch the translation. Nor share in another person's sins. Keep yourself pure. I love that he says that. That's a good rule of thumb. Keep yourself pure. But notice the very next thing that he says, though. No longer drink only water. Instead, use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Paul told Timothy to stop drinking water exclusively. By the way, I say water differently than you guys. I say water way differently. It's W-A-T-E-R. I know that, but I say it differently than a lot of y'all. I'm country, man. I'm from Pank Hill, not Pink Hill, Pank Hill, North Carolina. So y'all gonna have to excuse me. That country's gonna come out every now and then. Well, Paul tells Timothy to stop drinking that exclusively because it was probably causing his stomach problems. Now, Timothy was a sold out Christian. He's in vocational ministry. And a natural feeling at this time would be, and it's not improper, that a Christian shouldn't drink wine. That's not, that's not, um, that's not extreme, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that was extreme. But what we got to see here is that when, and at that time, the, the use of wine is forbidden. Paul and Timothy didn't have 1 Timothy to read. Paul is literally writing 1 Timothy, right? So they didn't have this to read. So Timothy, before he gets this letter, is at the mindset that, okay, I don't need to drink wine because of what the Levitical law, what, the, what that says. I don't need to be drinking wine. Timothy's a sold-out Christian. The man got circumcised when he was like 20-something. By the way, that's no that's a subject that you don't have to worry about us ever talking about on the podcast is circumcision. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Now, what we see here, Timothy's about, some scholars believe, 35 at the time that he receives this letter. He's a sold-out Christian. Earlier at the age of 20 or so, I don't remember what the, the age was, but he got circumcised to, to appease the Jews, to make, to, you know, to be accepted with them. And Paul has to let Timothy know because he know how he knows how Timothy is. He has to admonish Timothy. He has to be like, yo, Timothy, bro. 
drink a little wine. I just find that interesting personally. He says, it takes the Apostle Paul himself to get Timothy to drink just a little wine. What a sold out Christian. What a sold out believer. And I have nothing, I got nothing against somebody who's all about their convictions and what they believe. Um, and who stand by that, and who will stand by that, even in the face of sickness and disease. What a, what a man of God. But Paul's like, bro, seriously, drink a little wine. Now, people use this verse. They use the verse in Ephesians, and they twist it, and they say, see, you shouldn't drink wine. But then on the other side, we've got people who use this verse and say, no, Paul told Timothy to drink a little wine. Let's keep it both in context. First, you're wrong using Ephesians, talking about not drinking wine, because he didn't say that. He said, don't get drunk with wine. And also, you're wrong to use this verse to say, well, Paul told Timothy to drink a little wine. That's wrong, too, because the context is Timothy was sick. And that's what a lot of uh, commentators believe that Paul got this advice from Luke, the physician, and he said to him, tell Timothy to drink a little wine. So Paul relayed that message. That's what a lot of commentators believe. See, but you can't use this verse to say, well, we, we can drink because Paul said to Timothy, drink a little wine. You can't use that, nor can you use Ephesians to say not to drink wine as well. So what do, what do we do? How do we stay in the middle of the road here? Well, let's keep digging in here. Well, first of all, let me read. Um, well, no, let's let's go to point number two. Let's go ahead to point number two. Point number two says not given to wine. Point number two, not given to wine. First Timothy three, verse one is where I got that quote from um, is where Paul's talking to Timothy. I find it inter interesting. Excuse me there that Paul tells Timothy, you know what? Drink a little wine. But here in 1 Timothy 3, verse 3, he says that the person who's supposed to be in ministry must not be given to wine. Paul, what are you doing here, bro? You're going you're gonna to contradict yourself in 1 Timothy 5. What's going on? Well, let's dig into what the Apostle Paul is actually saying here and what he means by not given to wine. It says, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. The New Living Translation says he must not be a heavy drinker. That's 1 Timothy 3.3. 3. The Weiss Translation. The Weiss Translation, your amplified Bible, borrows a lot of words from the Weiss Translation. That's W-U-E-E-S-T. W-U-E-S-T. It says not addicted to wine. Not addicted to to wine. When it says not given to wine, that's the Greek word paranos. I'm probably butchering it, but I'm not a Greek scholar. But it is para, that means alongside the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, right? He's the, the paraclete. That's one called alongside to help. So that word para is the alongside. And anos meaning wine. The Bible says that Jesus turned the water into wine. And people use that to say, see there, uh, th there you go. But some people say, you know what? No, it wasn't really wine, you know, alcoholic. It was more like grape juice. Now, Here's what I got to say about that. In old, and then, yes, I'll give you that. That in, I'll give you this. In New Testament times, there the the alcohol it was not the, the the wine was not as alcoholic as we beverages that we have now. It's just not as alcoholic as it was back then. You know what I mean? Definitely not. But at the same time, in Jesus's day, when he turns that water into wine, it was not well just grape juice. And I do like me some grape juice now. I enjoy me some grape juice. Oh Lord. But it was not, that is not what he was using there. It was actually wine that would have a little alcohol in it, is what he said. 
let me use this as an example. Remember what the man said who who, who drunk it? He, he he had a he had a taste. He was like the wine taster, if that if you if you if you would. And he says here, most people wait till everyone is has well drunken or is drunk, and then they bring out the worst wine. But you save the good wine until now. So apparently, it had alcohol in it. Because people would use the good wine. He references it as good wine. And then they let people get drunk and they bring out the bad wine. But this is the best wine. So you know it has something. Jesus turned that water into Henny, man. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, not saying all that. Like I said, by all means, it's true that the alcohol back then, and the, the wine, I should say more so, back then is, was not as alcoholic as drinks that we have today, obviously. Now, let's keep going here. Not giving the wine. We were just talking about that before I went on that side note. That uh, para and anos, you put the two words together. It means one who sits long at his wine, becoming quarrelsome over wine, hence brawling and abusive. Well, we know about that. I don't have to dig much into detail on, on that. But we see that with Paul is talking to Timothy about those who are addicted to wine. If you take it away from them, they're, they're going to flip. They sit long beside the wine. Paul says that's not okay. Do not allow those people in ministry. Or you can say it like this, really, because Paul, he would, the same way that he would do this is how he would do a regular job. Don't hire them. Do not hire people on your staff. Do not hire people to work for you that are addicted to wine because they're going to be quarrelsome. They're going to be a brawl. They're going to be brawling. They're going to be abusive. That's what that word paranos means when you put it together. Now let's keep digging here. Proverbs 31. Now Proverbs 31 talks about the Proverbs 31 woman. Hey, Kolobasi. She's on the way, by the way. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's keep going. Let's go. I'm clowning right now. This is a serious subject, but I got to have fun here too, nonetheless. Now, Proverbs 31, starting in verse 4, it says, It's not for kings, O Lamel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for priests intoxicating drink, lest they drink, watch this, and forget the law, pervert the justice of all that are afflicted. They pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Now, in the Passion Translation, it says it's not for a king, Lamel. It is never fitting for a king to be drunk on wine or for leaders to crave alcohol. For when they drink, they forget. Now, isn't that true? When, they're, when they drink, or let's say it like this, let's keep it in context. When they drink and they get drunk, they forget. Now, how true is that? How many times have we seen, whether you've experienced it yourself, no condemnation, by the way, if you've experienced it yourself, I'm just approaching this question from a biblical perspective, no condemnation, but have you ever seen maybe uh, a family member or maybe yourself or maybe in a movie, somebody gets drunk and then the next day they don't remember anything. Uh, a perfect movie example is The Hangover. They don't remember anything and they had the craziest night ever. They don't remember anything. And, uh, he said, when kings get drunk, you if you're passing down laws, if you're doing and you're working with uh, legislation, you're, do, you're doing things, you're getting things in order, you're making the structure of your kingdom, it's not a good time to be drunk. You want to stay level-headed. Also, the Bible gives us an account of a king who got drunk. And the Bible says that somebody who was conspiring against him in the kingdom killed him that same night, snuck up on him. And the Bible says that the man was not even able to hear him. Why? He was drunk. He said, it's not for kings, Olimel. It is not for kings to be drunk with wine. They forget justice. They ignore the rights of those who are in need, those who depend on them for leadership. That's why uh, it's, it's, 
It's just sad to see people who grew up in homes where their parents were, were, were abusing alcohol and they were abusing other things as well. And, and then in turn, abusing them. Now, what's like I said, wine is a gift. But what we have to remember, what we must remember is God gave wine to man and not man to wine. The problem happens when man gives himself to wine and puts God in the place that and put, excuse me, that puts wine in the place that God should be in. That, my friend, is idolatry, and that is not okay. Instead of being drunk with wine, that'll turn you into a negative person. It'll turn you into another man, but it'll be negative. You are to be filled with the Spirit. That'll turn you into another man in positive, in the positive way. Now, let's keep going. Let's pick up the pace a little bit. Isaiah 5, uh, 11. There's a lot of verses about this. I, I chose out some strategic verses to kind of give us a balanced out view of God's heart about this, this, this question, how God answers this question in his word. He says in Psalms 5, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 11, Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may follow intoxicating drink, who continue until night, till wine inflames them. Skip on down to verse 14. Therefore, still the context is drinking, following after the drink, getting drunk. Therefore, Sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure, their glory and their multitude. And he who is jubilant shall descend into it. He says, therefore, because they're giving themselves to wine, they're following after intoxicating drink. Sheol has opened its mouth wide beyond measure. How many cases, and it's so sad, how many cases have we know? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but how many cases of people who've gone and been taken out of this world because of a drunk driver, because somebody gave themselves over to intoxicating drink, to follow after it early in the morning and at night, people dying from liver cancer, different things of that nature. Why? Why is this the case? Because they gave themselves to wine. They put wine in a place that only God can have, because that wine will not fill the void. If you're getting drunk on it, that's not going to fill the void. The Holy Spirit is the one that fills that void, because he's the spirit that gives us joy and peace. Peace is that wholeness. It's that completeness is what fills that void. And God puts that void in us because he gives us that desire to know him, to fill the empty void with God. That's another podcast in and of itself. But he says here, because they've given himself following after intoxicating drink, what has happened is Sheol, that literally means the realm of the dead. The realm of the dead has opened its mouth beyond measure because of this. Man, this is such a good podcast. I'm, I'm enjoying it myself, guys. Ecclesiastes 10, 16 through 17. Let's keep it balanced now. That was in the negative. Let's keep this balanced, okay? It says, what sorrow, New Living Translation, Ecclesiastes 10, 16 and 17, what sorrow for the land that's ruled by a servant? Time out. Let me just say this. There are some people in places of leadership that are actually called to be a servant. Uh-oh. And there are people who are servants who are actually called to be the leader. Ah, oh, that's another podcast, but I just had to, couldn't resist. Let's read it again. Watch, watch it very carefully. For what sorrow for the land that's ruled by a servant, the land whose leaders feast in the morning. But happy is the land whose king is a noble leader, not a servant, but a noble leader has graduated the ranks, come up and is a leader. And whose leaders, watch this, feast at the proper time, to gain strength for their work 
not to get drunk. He said that land is happy when the king is a noble leader whose leaders feast at the proper time to gain strength for their work. And they don't do it to get drunk. They do it to gain strength. That's what Paul told Timothy. Drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. Or we could say it like this. Drink a little wine to get stronger. Don't do it to get drunk. Isaiah 28, 7 through 8. We're 20 minutes in. We're wrapping it up. Uh, we talked about kings. We're going to talk about priests here in this verse. Uh, Isaiah 28, 7, 7 through 8. Excuse me. But they have erred through wine. They've erred through wine. Through intoxicating drink, they are out of the way. The priests and the prophets have erred through intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all the tables of God are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. He's talking about the ministry gifts, the prophet, the priest. They're out here drunk. They're out here vomiting. They got a hangover going on. They're vomiting. The place is filthy. Let's read in the Passion Translation. It says, moreover, the priests and prophets are drunk. They stagger because of wine. They stumble because of strong drink. They're confused with wine, stumbling because of strong drink. Again, he says, they're too drunk to understand their prophetic visions. They're too drunk to render right decisions in judgment. That's the Passion Translation. That word confused, the Passion Translation says they're confused with wine. That's a play on words. The word is B-A-L-A. You could pronounce it maybe a bala. I don't know. I don't know, bro. I totally butchered that one. My bad, Hebrew scholars. I apologize, y'all. He says here, it's a homophone. It's a B-A-L-A is a homophone for confused and to swallow wine. You could translate the verse like this in that light. The wine they swallow swallows them. The wine they swallow swallows them. Like we said, God gave wine to man, but not man to wine. When we give wine a place that only the God's spirit should have, it's idolatry and you will be in trouble. I can't support that. I can't support that. Now, we see here, we talked about kings, we talked about priests. Now, I can hear people talking about now. Now, Elijah, I ain't no king and I ain't no priest now. <laughs> so here's a toast to you in the Greater Than podcast. <laughs> no, listen to me, though. Revelations 1 verse 6, it says, Christ has made us, watch me now, kings and priests unto our God. Got him. I got you, bro. RKO out of nowhere, man. I got you. He's made you a king and a priest. And it's not for kings, old Lamel, to be drunk with wine. And it's not right for the priest to be throwing up on the tables of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You should be filled with God's spirit and not filled with wine. Be filled with his spirit. I'm, I'm a, there's a story about a minister. I won't name names on the podcast, but this minister is way back yesteryear. Yesteryear means this is like 1950s or something like that, right? So he has a powerful healing ministry. And, uh, but at the same time, he was given to wine. He would drink a lot. And they found the man dead in his room, in his hotel room, drunk. He ate, and the bottle was laying right by him. What am I saying? That ought not be so. Yes, it's a gift. God gave wine. It's a gift. It's a gift. Yes, it's a gift. But at the same time, you're not supposed to give yourself over to it. 
That's where the problem comes. That's idolatry, and God can't bless that. God will not be a party of that. He is a jealous God. That's still in, that's still true. Man, let's wrap this up. Point number three, whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Revelation, excuse me, Romans 14. I'm still thinking about Revelation. You've been made a king and priest unto your God, by the way. So this does apply to you, what we're reading. Man, I love the word of God. I just love the word of God, man. It's so good. Romans 14, 13, Passion Translation. Stay with me. We're wrapping it up right now. This is, we got Romans and then we've got one more place in scripture and then we're done for today. It says, Romans 14, 13, so stop being critical and condemning of other believers. Man, oh man, let me read that one again. So stop being critical and condemning of other believers, but instead determine to never deliberately cause a brother or sister to stumble and fall because of your actions. Let me use this as an illustration. Let's say, uh, what's his name? Let's say his name is Joe. Let's say Joe comes over to your house. Joe used to be a drunk. He used to drink all the time. The Lord delivered him supernaturally naturally and he's not the same anymore. Now let's say he comes over and let's say you drink wine, you drink a little wine, you, you enjoy drinking a little wine. You, you don't drink it for the purpose of getting drunk, but you do drink wine. Now it's not okay to have the wine glass out when that brother's over. It's not okay to, to give him, to offer him a glass of wine. That wouldn't be right. You don't want to provide a stumbling block for your brother. You see what I'm saying? So that's what Paul is saying here. Let's use this let's use this as an example as well though. But at the same time, let's say Bill comes over. And Bill, he's never touched the stuff. He's never it hasn't touched his lips. He's like Samson out here. He's not drink he's got a direct mandate he feels from the Lord. He's not drinking wine. At this, now see, you don't need to have the wine glass out for him either. You don't need to be drinking wine in front of that brother either. Now, I believe that most Christians would be considerate of Joel or Joe. I can't even remember my own guy's name for the illustration. I'm sorry, Joe. They're more considerate of Joe than they are of Bill. Now, Bill comes over. They're going to drink anyway because Bill got on their last nerves when they had a debate about drinking the last time. They're going to drink anyway in front of Bill because they see that's not okay either. We've got to be considerate of the one that's been delivered. And we've got to be considerate of the one who would be offended. That's pretty good, man. Ooh, that's good, man. Let's keep reading. Uh, verse 21, Passion Translation, still. Verse 21, consider it an act of love to refrain from eating meat or drinking wine or doing anything else that would cause a fellow believer, watch this, to be offended or tempted to be weak in his faith. Not only are you supposed to look out for Joe who's been delivered, but you're also not to drink it in front of Bill who, who would be offended by it. Now, a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians, man, I tell you, they'd be having the glass out in front of Bill, like, Bill, hush, man, I'm going to drink. Here, a toast to you, Bill. God's saying, that's not right. Let's love one another. Verse 22 says, keep the convictions you have about these matters between yourself and God. I think the King James says, do you have faith? Have it of yourself towards God. Now, notice on the podcast, I did not tell you my personal stance on should a Christian drink alcohol or not. I didn't tell you what I personally do, what I personally, what my personal convictions are. And I will not tell you. Some people say, oh, you don't, you don't drink wine. How do you know? And then the other people on the other side are like, nah, man, he drinks wine. Well, how do you know? I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you one way or the other how my personal convictions, I'm being obedient to the word of God and I'm keeping that to myself. All right. 
Keep the convictions you have about these matters between yourself and God. Don't, don't impose them upon others. You'll be happy when you don't judge yourself by doing what your conscience approves. Never violate your conscience. I'm against that. Never, ever violate your conscience. If you don't feel like you can drink, if you feel like it's wrong, if it bothers you on the inside, don't do it. Now, if you feel good, if you feel like on the inside that you got the okay, that you can do it, go ahead. Don't get drunk, though. I can never support that. I can't support that. Verse 23 says, but the one who has misgivings about this feels miserable if he eats meat because he doubts and doesn't eat in faith. Or we can say also, too, doesn't drink in faith. For anything we do that doesn't spring from faith is by definition sinful. Now, there's another verse that says, in everything you do in word and deed, do it to the glory of God and in the name of Jesus. If you feel clear in your heart that you can drink, you can do that in the name of Jesus, by all means. You know why? Here's the last verse. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. This is why I say that. Passion translation still. Let's wrap it up. Let's put a nice bow on it. It's true that our freedom allows us to do anything. But that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, Paul says, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. Yeah, it's true, bro. Yeah, it's true. You can drink wine. I believe you're free to. You're, let me say it like this. You're free to drink wine. You're free not to drink wine. Just make sure you don't violate your conscience. And please... <laughs> drink responsibly. Man, let me pray for you, man. This has been a good podcast. I'm done. Father God, thank you so much for this word. Thank you so much for this time that we've gathered together. Father, thank you that your word is truth. Father, we say that you are our Lord. We aim to please you. Father, we acknowledge that first of all, you gave wine. That is a gift that you've given it to us. But we also confess and we, we make sure that we make it known before you, before the angels, before demons, before everyone, anyone listening to the podcast, we will not be given to wine. We will not give wine the place that the Holy Spirit is to have. And Father, we say that whatever is not of faith is sin. We acknowledge that. So Father, if we miss it in any of these areas, we ask for your forgiveness. We know you're faithful and just to forgive us of all of that and to bring us in right standing because of what Jesus has done. We have not lost our place in the, in, the, in the family and in the flock. We still belong to you. We give you praise for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. I love it so much, guys. We're free to do what we want to do here. And now see, if you want to drink wine, that's great. You're free to drink wine. Don't get drunk, though. If you really call God, in Jesus, your Lord, do not get drunk with wine. Don't do that. But you are free to drink. It's still a gift, but don't give yourself over to it. Don't be alongside it because if you do that, if you cultivate that, you'll become quarrelsome and you'll become abusive. But let's also not do anything that would derail and that would hinder our faith. That's very important. Remember that you are a king and you are a priest unto your God. And it's not for kings to be drunk with wine. Oh, they can, it said there's a proper time to feast, to do it for your strength and don't do it to get drunk. That's what he said in Ecclesiastes 10. And also he said about the priests, they don't need to be throwing up all over the tables, man. We're called a royal priesthood in God, kings and priests unto our gods. Study these things and give yourself wholly to them. Study it out. Look it up for yourself. Should Christians drink alcohol? My answer to that is simply this. You're free. <laughs> and study it for yourself and study to show yourself approved, by the way. A workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing God's word of truth. My name is Elijah Murrow. Leave a like, leave a comment, share the podcast if you feel like it'll bless someone. I love you so much. Remember this. Greater is he that's in you.
than he that is in the world. <laughs>